only source of true delight whom I unseen adore. Unveil thy beauties to my sight that I might love thee more. Oh, that I might love thee more. You're listening to the weekly podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian. The following message was recorded live from our sanctuary. Our prayer is that this message would nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you as you listen. See my bleeding Father, you are confident of our end. And so we ask that you would make your saints confident of our end this morning as well. For the comfort and encouragement of the hearts of your saints. Because we ask in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> now, if Paul, I'll just read you this. Paul is, is kind of beginning this letter. And he's, I said, full of joy. And his joy is kind of spilling over as he both talks about how he's praying for people. And then he just kind of trips into divine prayer as he's talking about that he prays for them. And the thing he kind of leans toward is his hope in the end of the people of God. He's full of joy. He has confidence that they're partakers in the grace of the gospel. Paul believes with all his heart that they belong to Jesus. He's seen their life. And, and then he stumbles into prayer at the end of that, those verses. Because I pray all the time. That's what he's saying. I'm thankful for you. I have joy in your partaking in the gospel. I love that you are members of the gospel of grace. I love that you're members with Jesus. I'm full of joy that you are with me as I defend the gospel and I'm imprisoned. And I pray for you. And this is what I pray, that, that your knowledge would abound and that your love would abound and that you would be kept blameless and pure at the coming day of Jesus. And I want you and I this morning who are saints of Christ on the journey of following after Jesus to be reminded of this good thing, that God has a confident end for you. Now, we all love the end of hard things, right? Um, I was the last of four boys. Kevin, Chris, Craig, and Keith. We all had chores on Saturday morning. Before we could watch the Pink Panther, we had to do our chores. And I love the Pink Panther. And my chore was dusting. And I still fear the living room. It still haunts me. Because my mother collected paperweights. There were 37 paperweights. I still remember the number. 37 paperweights every Saturday morning. Glass and porcelain and butterflies in them. And I just, I had a system. Because there were two end tables around the couch. And there was another couch with another end table. And then there was a love seat with another end table. And there was a table on the wall. And you had to get all of these, right? And this is like a nine-year-old picking up glass and porcelain that was worth more than me, I'm sure. And so I just remember starting out thinking, I'm beginning, I'm heading to the end. And I'd count them, you know. One, set it down to two, 37, woo right? I'm done. And... um. Man, I love to be done with that task. I looked forward to the end as I got near the 30s. Kind of, I would get more excited. 
35, 36, 37. I love, we love to be done with hard things. And the task of you and I following after Jesus and putting sin to death, this task of sanctification, this thing of kind of being made into His image is a hard yet gracious thing that God gives us. And Paul is leaning on the people of God and kind of leaning them towards the hope of their end. And y'all have heard me a little bit. I, I have struggled with being angry since I can remember. Like, that's my besetting sin. I, I struggle with anger. A short fuse. And I've longed for Jesus to kind of work in me. And I've seen Him work. And yet it is still there. And I still struggle with it. And Paul is looking at you and me this morning and saying that he has a great confidence. And the first thing I want you to see is this. that The the work that God is bringing to completion, the renovation project of your heart and body, is something that is not just about you. It is a good work because it reflects on the builder and the renovation manager and the project designer of the work. It reflects on God. If you listen to Paul, he doesn't just say this good work. He says he has confidence in verse 6 that the one, that he who began the good work in you, this is God's work in you. And at the end of this little section, if you look down at the end of verse 12, Paul stumbles into that prayer saying this, this is my prayer for you, that you abound in knowledge and love and that you be kept blameless and pure to the coming day of Jesus Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness for what? To the praise and glory of God. That the end that is coming for you is not just about you, though it is, and not just for you, though it is, that the end of your sanctification, the end of God making you holy, is good in part because it reflects the God who's doing it. Now, I love golf. You've heard me say that. I always try to get a golf illustration in in some sermon because I think it's holy and good and right. But my boss plays golf with me, and he's a really good golfer, and he set me free one day because he said, Keith, the fact is, is that you're a good, bad golfer. Appreciate that. It really helped me have some freedom. But I played golf at summer conference with a couple campus ministers in my area, and one of the guys that played with me was the campus minister at uh, North Carolina Chapel Hill by him, Daniel Mason. And that kid can hit a golf ball beautifully. And all day long, there were eight of us kind of playing one foursome and another foursome behind, and the course was backed up. So basically at every tee box, all eight of us would stand there and joke. And Daniel Mason would get up, and he wasn't slow. He'd fall on the tee, step back, look at the shot. And just this big, long, beautiful, loping swing, easy. And that golf ball would take off like a rock. And would rise beautifully, have this great draw on it, and land just where he said it would, almost all the time. Okay, this is what everybody said when he would hit a ball. It wasn't just, wow, that's great. You know what they said. 
every time when he would bowl, there'd be this chorus of like seven voices that would go, man, Mason, that was beautiful. Great shot, Daniel. Because the thing, the work of art that was flying out there wasn't just a work of art unrelated to the person who did it. Because he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion and fill you with the fruit of righteousness to the praise and glory of God. God is pleased with the work that He is doing in you and it brings Him joy because it brings Him glory. I want your heart to be captured a little bit by the fact that the work that God is doing is bigger than you. See, your sanctification, your struggle against sin is not just a daily tally of your checks and failures. It's not just a relative listening of kind of this much good and that much failure or sin. It is a renovation project that is reflecting glory upon the God who is doing it. And that's part of why it is so good. You see, it's about you. It is. But it is not just about you. Like brothers and sisters who follow Jesus, the one who began a good work in you is doing this great thing in you and the angels watch and cheer and the world will one day watch and every voice will bend the knee and bow the heart and confess that everything that God is doing and has done and completed is glorious and reflects the glory of the God who does it. I mean, it's about you. And it's a great work in you. But it is about so much more than you. So there's a goodness that reflects the glory of God. But this is the heart of where I want us to settle this morning. That y'all, Paul is saying, by the divine voice and the inspired voice of God, that there is a fullness of transformation that will be finished in you. There is a completion of this work that God has started that He will bring to an end. In every aspect. Listen to it again. I'm confident Paul says, I'm really confident to the saints in Philippi. And by virtue of the fact that it's God's Word and stands over all His saints, He is confident not just for their lives, He is confident for you. This morning, sitting in that chair or that pew, that if you belong to Jesus in faith, the good work that He has started in you by His grace, He will finish So that the sin that plagues your heart like anger plagues mine will one day really be eradicated. Now think of the thing that has plagued you over the years. The way that love eludes you the most. The way that patience is so hard to come by with your aging mother or father. 
When they act just like you do, full of independence. And no, I won't move near you. No, I'm going to stay. Knowing that that means that your life now will be driving back and forth to the state of Oklahoma because mom won't just be humble and settle in and move near you. And your patience is shot. And you pray. And the good work that Jesus began in you, He will bring to completion at the coming day of Christ Jesus. My generation, the cynics, who know somewhere that the Bible actually calls us to be a people of hope, not fools, but actually hopeful and not just cynical. You know how hard that is to root out of our hearts? And yet the thing that Jesus began in you, He will bring to completion. But those of you who struggle to not get up in the day and fight being sad and depressed and without hope, knowing that somewhere in the back of your mind there is shame that comes along with that because you know that Paul is one of joy and you should be too, that the good work that Jesus has begun in you, He will not let hold of. That the fear that we deal with day in and day out, that we know we should trust God with our lives and our future and our children and their lives, that it is so hard for us that we attempt to follow Jesus and die to our sin. And we do by God's grace. And yet, I need you to hear this morning, brothers and sisters, this is the good thing. God ain't given up. And I know that's bad English. There's that individual side of me and my sin, but there's also the hope of the way that the good work that Jesus is beginning in us corporately will come to a completion and finish. That no longer will sin cause the church to be divided. That there really is a coming day when slander and gossip and the hard things we say with the southern bless your heart or the I just should pray for it, will be at an end. And there will be beauty unity and beauty in the church of Jesus from start to finish. See, this is this good hymn, and I love it. And it was one of the things that really brought me to a belief in a biblical view of spirituality. Because in the back of my head, as I was thinking about Christianity, I kind of knew my own heart. And I remember this, this hymn, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds, that verse. Weak is the effort of my heart and cold my warmest thought. I just remember singing that for the first time going, wow, somebody's honest. Because weak is the effort of my heart and cold my very warmest thought. But where does that hymn go? But when I see thee as thou art, I will love thee as I ought. That is your end. That is your end. There is a good, spiritual, moral, renewal, renovation project that Jesus has begun that He's finishing. But it's not just kind of moral, spiritual, in the ethical. It's in the physical as well. 
Because the book of Philippians, Paul again and again and again drives towards the hope of the resurrection. In chapter 3, he turns on the fact that he doesn't count in his righteousness at all, but considers all of his good works as nothing. Only hoping to be found in a righteousness that comes by faith. What? Hoping that he can partake in the sufferings and persecutions that he might attain to the resurrection. And in chapter 4, he goes on and looks and says, this is my hope. My citizenship is not of this world. It's in heaven. And we look for a resurrection through the power of Jesus. And y'all, the good work that Jesus began in you and I has not just this ethical, moral component. It has the physical reality that there is a resurrection that awaits for you and me as His saints. I may have talked to you about her before, but I had this sweet little girl, Sarah Elizabeth Shelton, who was in my RUF at Millsaps. And she was there for two of the three years I was there and she graduated. Sarah Elizabeth had a double lung transplant at seven. And she had another, or younger maybe, I think maybe younger, maybe three. She had another one at 11. And when she had the second lung transplant, they looked at her and said, this is probably it. And she was dear. She knew her sin. She knew the grace of God in Jesus. She held tightly to it in faith. She was fun, full of joy and verve. She graduated, moved to Memphis, pursued a graduate degree, and her lungs started to fail again. And it was a few years back, I don't remember how long, but I got a message that the Monday night before Thanksgiving, Sarah Elizabeth Shelton was planning her own funeral. And she died shortly after that. And one of the songs that she wanted sung at her funeral to encourage the saints was this, For All the Saints. Because it had this, But yet there breaks a yet more glorious day. The saints triumphant rise in bright array because the King of glory is passing on His way. And there will come a day when she will rise because of the resurrected Jesus and His power to new life and a new body that is whole. And her end is your end. As it is for my friend from seminary, John Anderson, whose 18-month-old went upstairs and turned on the tub and climbed into it six years ago while there were a bunch of friends on, and the mom looked up and realized she didn't know where her boy was. And it was too late. And he and his family, year after year, remember their son. And they look forward to a day because of Jesus and His resurrection power when He will rise again. And His end, brothers and sisters, if you rest in the resurrected Jesus, is your end.
You think of your parents who though still alive in the body are wandering off in their mind. And it gets harder to know if they know who you are or even if they know who they are. And the saints who sleep in Christ will rise again renewed, knowing fully well who they are and fully well who you are and fully well who is the one who has made them well. Your bodies will break down. My doctor is laughing at me. My surgeon, Dr. Burberry, is laughing at me (laughs) these days. He says, quit trying to act like you're 22. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Your body's breaking down. You will go the way of all men. You'll return to dust. Because of Jesus, who gives life and who has attained life, and who has restored life, you will rise. Because the good work that Jesus has begun in you, He will surely finish. And if you listen to it, Paul, in the middle of talking about the end, says it with such great affection. I mean, in verse 7, he looks and says, right? It's right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for your all partakers. God is my witness how I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. Guys, as he writes about this reality, as he leans in upon you about the good work that he's completing, knowing it comes from the pastoral heart of a man who loves the church, who has a great heart for their good, that's why he encourages them with it. And look, this is what I want for me and for you. I look forward to the day and I long for the day and I want you to grab hold of the day when I lock arms with Sarah Elizabeth Shelton and my wife and my children and you and sing a different song. For lo, there has broken a beautifully glorious day and the saints have arisen in glorious and bright array and we walk with the King of glory who goes on His way and we go with Him. This is our end. This is our hope. There's a certainty to it. Let me just apply for just a minute at this. Look, guys, God will not leave off the work He started. Some of you are going to limp home. And some of us are going to sprint home. I might limp home. But I'm going to get home. 
For those of you who are pondering Christianity this morning, who aren't sure what you believe about this, who sit and actually are committed to a narrative that says there is nothing after this, I think I understand why you would hold that narrative, but I'm going to beg you to consider a different narrative. that is based on the historical resurrection of the person of Jesus who holds all authority and life and death in His hands. I'm going to beg you to consider that there is a better narrative. That there is a narrative that ends with your living and not dead. There will be no half-painted canvases on the art stand of heaven. There will not. And the certainty that God will be, you know, will finish the work that He began is one of the things that helps you and I in the here and now have patience with the failures that we see here and here. The surety that God is going to finish the work in the knucklehead that sits to your right or your left is a great hope for us this morning, isn't it? Because there's surety that He's going to do it in me. Like, that fact helps you and I have real patience with the church of Jesus. I don't mean to offend you. I mean knucklehead affectionately. Please don't hold that And the certainty that this work that Jesus is beginning will come to completion is actually the thing that starts to push our hearts towards glory, doesn't it? It starts to push our hearts and our minds and fire our imaginations and our hope towards that day. It begins to make us be a people who lean towards glory. Who lean towards that day who want that day to hasten on, right? Because that day, that new beginning, is not the end of the story, it's the beginning of the story. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. Filled to the full with the fruit of righteousness, blameless and pure at the coming day of Christ Jesus, which is a new beginning into the the expense of time. Look, the hope that God is doing that makes me begin to say, bring it. And um, we have this friend, my wife has a friend. and um, She had a grandmother who was a godly woman who was nearing her end. Um, they were taking care of her. <clears throat> and the, I think this is the, you know, there was this day where all the kids were in the room of the grandmother as she was lying in bed. And you know how little kids are. They don't, they don't know. You know, they're not aware. They're beautifully unaware of propriety in those moments. And so they're, they're jumping around the bed and they're, they're singing. And the funny thing is, I think they're singing hymns, right? But they're loud and, and the mom, being sweet, right, thinking that we should take care of the grandmother, kind of shushes the kitsch. 
And the grandmother says this great thing. Just don't shush them. They're singing me home. Beloved, the God of all heaven and earth is confident of this. That the good Lord who began a work in you will not quit. But He will make you pure. And He will make you whole. And He will keep you. And He will resurrect your body. And you will begin anew with Him at the coming day of Christ Jesus. We saw a baptism this morning and we hope for good beginnings. And we have great hope for confident endings. And God's people say, Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am a coward. And I'm scared of that end, and yet I ask that You would help me and Your people this morning to grab hold of the truth and to be encouraged and strengthened in our heart and faith and living. That You love us. And You love us fully. And You have loved us in the past and You will work on us in the present and You will bring it to its completion. And it will magnify Your name. And we, Your people, will be whole. And we will rise in bright array and we will follow the King of glory on His way. And we will rejoice with You because there is a better end. And we ask these things and we plead these things be true for us. And we proclaim these things to our hearts in the world because we follow after the one who can make it so, even Jesus. Thank you for listening to this weekly podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian. Our prayer is that this message was able to nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you. Please visit our website for worship service times, directions to the church, and to subscribe to this podcast. Our web address is fortworthpca.org. Fort Worth Presbyterian is a part of the Presbyterian Church in America. my fears away won't you chase my fears away